Welcome to this week's energy show. Now we take it for granted that you can just put solar on your home or business anytime, just like you make any other energy saving improvement. But the reality is there are a host of restrictions on solar and battery storage. Some of these relate to safety concerns and the solar industry is very engaged with making sure that systems are installed safely and and we're working with the industry to make sure that these things happen. Uh, On the other hand, many of the restrictions, the reasons why costs are higher, you just can't put solar on your roof, are due to obsolete laws and regulations and arbitrary profit-motivated utility rules. For example, it used to be in my hometown, you can't install solar power on your roof if it's visible from the street. Luckily, CalSA managed to fix that with the new Solar Rights Act, and that's good in most of California, but there's other places around the country where these arbitrary aesthetic issues still impede solar. Or there's limits on the size of the system, or there are electric rates that favor incumbent utilities and penalize solar customers, or there's financing restrictions that prevent solar leases, like in Florida. I get it. Incumbent industries have economics behind them. They have millions of dollars to suppress competition from rooftop solar. And the solar industry is relatively tiny. On the other hand, polling shows that 95% of the people support solar. The significant policy changes in our country happen when citizens make their voices heard. Politicians listen to their constituents. The challenge is organizing the millions of people in the U.S. who have solar on their homes or have solars on the businesses where they work or simply work in the solar industry. The Solar Rights Alliance was founded to empower the millions of solar citizens. It's a nonprofit organization based in California, and their mantra is everyone should have the right to generate his or her own power directly from the sun, and that no monopoly company or special interest should try to block or own the sun. Dave Rosenfeld is the executive director of the Solar Rights Alliance. He spent his career building movements and institutions that expand freedom, liberty, and justice, including work with the National Public Radio, the Public Interest Research Group, and the Public Interest Network. And Dave Dave is also an alumnus of Rutgers, my home state's university. So welcome to the show, Dave. Hey, thanks for having me, Barry. All right, great. Tell us a little bit more about what you're doing with the Solar Rights Alliance. Yeah, and thank you so much for that introduction. I think you nailed it right on the head. So the Solar Rights Alliance is a new group of almost 6,000 California homeowners, renters, and businesses who have solar, want solar, or support solar. And we stand up for everyone's right to choose solar. And we started because, as you mentioned, rooftop solar is under attack by the electric utilities. They're spending millions of ratepayer dollars lobbying to make it harder and more expensive for people to choose solar energy. We believe that... You have a right to make and store your own energy from the sun without the utility in the way. We believe you should be able to interconnect your solar system to the grid quickly and cheaply without red tape. And we believe that you should get a fair credit for the extra solar energy that you share back to the grid. And these rights are under attack. We fight back by making sure that solar consumers' voices are heard by politicians and regulators. And then we also help solar users get good information about buying and maintaining their solar and storage systems. We're pretty new. We're growing quickly. We have almost 6,000 members now, and there's, you know, nearly 800,000 installed solar systems in California, so the sky's the limit about how big and powerful we could become. Yeah, boy, I mean, 6,000 is a really, really good start, but, you know, as we start getting into the tens or hundreds of thousands, that's a lot of voters. But what can citizens do? I mean, why should individuals or businesses join the Solar Rights Alliance? Well, you know, there's strength in numbers. If you, as you said, you know, the, the electric utilities... They are an incumbent industry. 
in 2015 alone, they spent $6.5 million on lobbying and campaign contributions to elected officials here in California. That's $55,000 per member of the state legislature. And unless you're a billionaire, which almost none of our listeners are, you are not going to be able to match the utilities on that kind of playing field. The only way that we're going to win is by joint amassing our power. Now, solar companies are getting better and better through CALSA at making their voices heard. But almost very few solar consumers are actually at the table when decisions are getting made by the Public Utilities Commission or by the legislature. And then, like we mentioned, there's over 800,000 installed solar systems in the state right now. That means that there's millions of people who are right now benefiting from the freedom and independence of solar energy. And we've got to get together and have some kind of voice. Just a fraction of us join the Solar Rights Alliance and speak up when lawmakers are considering something that the utilities want or the Public Utilities Commission is considering gutting net metering like they almost did in 2016. Now we have a chance by speaking together at overcoming the utilities and actually expanding the freedom and independence that comes with solar energy, not just defending what we have. You know, it's it's so important, and we engage with lots of customers going back almost 20 years, and, and some of them are saying, how come I'm not saving as much, or how come my bill keeps going up? And to a, a large degree, the Solar Rights Alliance is there to protect existing solar customers. And that's a really good reason for people to join. It's like, hey, you, you want to make sure that you can continue with net metering? We don't want it to have happen in California what happened in Nevada where net metering was wiped out. That's really, really important. So who were you reaching out to? Were these just residential customers? Are they employees at companies that are working underneath solar panels at their buildings? I mean, how is that outreach working? If you are currently benefiting in some way solar energy, then you should join the Solar Rights Alliance. So if you're a residential homeowner who's invested in solar panels on your building, if you're a renter and your landlord has invested in solar panels and you're reaping the benefits and the savings that come along with that, if you're a business person who has installed solar or a farmer that's got solar in your field, we exist for you. We're a way for you to come together to make sure that you're alerted when there's a threat to your solar that you need to speak out on when there's an opportunity to expand the benefits. We'll get to that in a moment. We're there for you. We can help you troubleshoot problems. We get calls all the time from consumers who have a question about their bill or question about an installer that they need to find or a problem troubleshooting their system. Um, we're there to help you with, with your personal system and to make sure that your rights are not taken away by the utilities or any kind of government or bureaucracy. So how are you managing the outreach to you know, these 800,000 solar customers and millions and millions of solar beneficiaries? How do you get to those people? I think this is the coolest and challenging aspect of Solar Rights Alliance, and I'm really excited about this. So, you know, as we mentioned, we, we've grown about sevenfold this summer, and I think the sky's the limit. Um, you know, millions are already benefiting from solar, and we know that most of these residents already love the freedom and independence and savings of solar energy. And solar users intuitively get that making your own solar energy without the utility in the way should be a right. So our challenge is letting solar users know about the Solar Rights Alliance, and so we're doing a couple of things. The first thing is that we're working with solar installers to tell their customers about the Solar Rights Alliance, about 20 installers have emailed their customers about us already, and that includes big companies like Sunrun, regional installers like Corda Solar located in Danville, and that's been great, and we've grown a lot by just doing that. Another thing that we're doing is that a dozen other companies are including a complementary Solar Rights Alliance membership in every new installation. So, for example, 
run on Sun in Pasadena has a checkbox on their customer contract. And when people check it, the run on Sun representative will give them a trifold and a sticker for Solar Rights Alliance that they can put on their door. And then we send them a welcome email to get them started. NG, another company, is doing a variation on this. When they do their annual operations and management visit to their customers, the representative will ask them to join Solar Rights Alliance. And then the same deal, if the customer is into it, they get some swag, and then we send them a welcome email. And frankly, if just four of the largest installers in the state and then another 40 regional or local installers did some version of this, offering a complimentary Solar Rights Alliance as just part of the package, then we could grow by 10 to 20,000 members a year, and so obviously that's a big priority. But we're not just focusing on that. We're also figuring out some of the best ways to directly reach out to solar users themselves. So we're on all the major social media platforms. I'm here on your podcast. We're doing all sorts of things to make sure we show up in people's search engines and that kind of thing. And I've got a big list of ideas that I want to test from direct mail to online advertising to even door-to-door canvassing. And obviously doing that right is expensive, so we're going to need some big donors to step up and help us out. But we've got no shortage of ideas, and we're getting started on a bunch of them. And, you know, if we just keep at it, I know that we can grow to be a really huge voice for solar users. Well, all right. So normally, Dave, I put a pitch in here for Cinnamon Energy Systems, but the heck with that today. How can people get in touch with the Solar Rights Lines? How can they join? Okay, so it's really, really easy, and it's free. So go to our website, which is solarrights.org. It's very straightforward. Solar Rights, one word, .org. And there's a huge button that says Join. And all you got to do is just provide a little bit of contact information, and boom, you're there. It's totally free. We want to make it as easy as possible for you to be in the tent, to get information, to have opportunities to take action. All right. And so anyone that's listening, we encourage you to do that. Okay, perfect. All right, Dave, so on your website, you talk about the Solar Bill of Rights. What is that Solar mm-hmm. Bill of Rights? Yeah, so the Solar Bill of Rights is a new idea for California. The utilities have so much power to undermine the right to choose solar energy that we need a law on the books that guarantees a couple of the basic rights that we think everybody has. So here's what they are. First is um, our right to make solar energy without the utility in the way. What that means is that when you generate your own solar energy, that's your energy. It's yours first and foremost. It's not the utilities. We'll talk later on about some of the ways the utility is trying to own that energy. But we want to make it clear that when you generate your own solar energy, it's yours. You own it. You have that right. So that's number one. Number two is that you have the right to connect interconnect your solar system to the grid quickly and cheaply. Now, we have some stuff on the books that gets there. You mentioned some of that earlier. We need to tighten that up and really just once and for all settle the question that when you interconnect to the grid, that's your grid. It's a public grid. This is your solar. The interconnection process should be quick and cheap. And then the third thing is that everyone has a right to get a fair credit for the extra credit, extra energy, excuse me, that you give back to the grid. The utilities just shouldn't be the only one that gets to make money on energy. Uh, they've had a monopoly for 100 and some odd years. At the beginning, maybe that made sense. It doesn't make sense now. And so when you generate extra energy from solar or from really any kind of clean local source, you ought to be able to get a fair credit for that. Now, Nevada has a law just like this, so there's a precedent for it. And you mentioned this a few years ago. The state did away with net metering, and there was a huge backlash, and the politicians ended up not only restoring net metering but passed a solar bill of rights to clarify once and for all that everyone's got a right to generate, share, and sell solar energy. 
and we need something like that for California. We ultimately plan to have the legislature pass this into law in 2019, so next year, but there's no bill proposed yet. We're starting with the grassroots. Thousands of people have already signed the Solar Bill of Rights petition, which is right on our website, solarrights.org. And our members have started talking with some of their state lawmakers about supporting a Bill of Rights for next year. And like I said, we're going to make this one of our lead priorities next year is to try to pass that into law in 2019. And there's, I'll just say one more thing, there's, I think, a lot of benefit to having a law like this on the books. You know, first and foremost, we think it's a preventative strike to just settle the question once and for all that the utility doesn't get to be the only one that owns the solar energy. We want to make it that when you put a system on your roof, whether you're a homeowner or a business, it's clear that that's your energy, and this will head that off once and for all. But then it'll do a lot more, including, you know, making sure that the rights of individuals are not thwarted by homeowner associations or other bureaucracies that keep people from being able to install solar energy quickly and cheaply. It just settles a lot of these questions, hopefully, and gives homeowners and businesses and renters more tools to be able to stand up for their rights. Yeah, I'll tell you, the, the barriers that the utilities put in place are maddening, and that they really can kill the market anytime they want. So, for example, when we put a system in in California, the utilities, we usually install the system, then we apply for the net metering interconnection. The utilities can come back after the system was installed, after it's approved by the building department. The utilities can come back, residential and commercial, and they can say, gee, we have a really old transformer in your neighborhood. So you can't connect your system until you pay us a lot of money to do an engineering study. And then since you're the one that wants to put in solar, then pay us to upgrade that transformer. So it it absolutely kills the business and it's getting to be more and more common. Now, from a commercial standpoint, that happens at a relatively high percentage of time. So the utilities are saying, gee, it's our old equipment. And you're the one, you solar customer, the one that's really trying to benefit the grid and save money, you're the one that's going to have to pay for these upgrade studies and the upgrades. That's right. Instead of saying, you're, you know, thank you, Mr. Consumer, for going solar, investing with your own money in this thing, and easing the burden on the grid that will make it easier for us to maintain, instead they come to the solar user and try to punish them by saddling all these costs that they should be bearing to begin with. That's a great example. Yeah, and having some kind of law on the books in California would really help. Now, what about, what are the utilities doing in California to make electric rates unfriendly to solar? Yeah, well, you know, I mean, first, there's just what they do to stop people from getting a fair credit for the extra solar energy. We should start there and then talk about the time of use changes. But first, starting with, with, with net metering, you know, like I said, the utilities shouldn't have a monopoly on selling energy. Everyone should have the chance to sell their extra energy for a fair credit. But the utilities don't like that at all. And so, in 2016, they lobbied really hard to weaken net metering, and that's the reason why you get only pennies for the extra solar energy at the end of the year. It's why those extra credits, by and large, don't roll over to the following year. The utility just keeps it for themselves. And there's a good chance they're going to try to you know, kill net metering or weaken it even more when the PUC takes it up again next year. So that's one thing they do to just make rates unfriendly. Another thing, then, is the time of use rate changes that the utility everyone deal with. So just to back up, everyone's evening electricity rates are now more expensive or are about to get more expensive. And the utilities claim this is because more people use the grid at night than during the day. But it sounds pretty fishy because it seems more like a way for the utilities to stick it to solar users at night when their solar panels stop generating energy. And obviously that makes the value proposition of solar worse so that less people sign up. And I think these are more examples of why solar users need to get their voice together because all of these decisions, whether it's the time of use rate changes or net metering, they were all approved by state regulators. 
and in most cases, solar users were almost never in the room when it was all going down. And we need to change that and make sure that when these kinds of things are getting proposed and utilities are pushing regulators to do things that would be bad for solar users and for ratepayers overall, that we're in the room and that we're pushing the regulators to do the right thing. I tell you, just like thinking back almost 20 years, the utilities, years ago they would say, oh, solar's not any good. And then they were required with the renewable portfolio standards to put in solar. And the mantra was, well, solar's really good if we install it. And therefore, the, the utilities get to rate base that. That means that they get profit on it. But they make it very, very difficult, in some cases impossible, for homeowners to put in. Now, here's the irony. The solar that the utilities are putting in, they're putting this stuff in for three or four cents a kilowatt hour. Now, if you're putting in a residential system, small system, commercial system, maybe your cost to put the system in might be four to seven cents a kilowatt hour. It's smaller. You don't have the economies of scale. But the irony, when I look at electric rates in California, there's a ton of solar that the utilities put in. And guess how? How much the electric rates have gone down because the utilities are able to generate that cheap solar? None. The utility None. rates have continued to go up. They go up. But so the, the, kind of the only thing that, that businesses and homeowners can do to really reduce their costs, to improve their operating costs, is to put in their own solar. And that's what really what you guys are trying to fight. Now, as far as these time of use changes, how does that fit into battery storage? Is the Solar Rights Alliance pushing for battery storage systems? Definitely. Oh, yeah. We, sol- battery storage could be really the game changer for solar users, not just in California, but across the country and worldwide. And the silver lining on the time of use changes is one way this little game may backfire for the utilities, is that it might actually incentivize more people to move to batteries. Just to take a step back for folks who are listening and may not be familiar with this, is battery storage is basically bunch of batteries that you put in your home or your business, and it allows you to store the extra energy that your solar panels panels generate during the day into the battery. So then at night, you can get your energy from the batteries rather than buying expensive electricity from the utility. And obviously, as the expensive electricity from the utility becomes more expensive, there's all the more reason why it would make sense to have a battery system. But the problem has been up to this point is that battery technology, although it's very good, it is still relatively expensive for your average homeowner or business. And so in a lot of ways, the price of batteries is kind of where solar was, you know, before about 10 years ago, before 2018. So the big thing that Solar Rights Alliance has been doing is we supported a piece of legislation that is oh so close to passing, Senate Bill 700, that would extend a rebate for homeowners and businesses that invest in battery storage for their home and their business. And the rebate is enough that it makes the system cheaper up front. And then the other thing it does is as more and more people will then buy batteries because of the rebate, the overall market price of batteries will go down. The rebate will go away in five years, and the market price will be now so low that then more and more people will buy batteries and they'll be able to get out of those time-of-use changes and be able to be almost completely free from the utility. SB 700 passed both chambers of the legislature last week, which is great news, and now we're waiting for Governor Brown to sign it. We are very optimistic that he will, but obviously we're keeping our fingers crossed, and if it does, this will be a huge thing for people who have solar and something that you should really look out for and consider 
maybe this is the right time for you to go for that battery storage. Yeah, boy, our battery customers are happy. The batteries really work. They provide backup power. In addition to SB700, the other things that you're talking about in the Solar Bill of Rights, particularly reducing the, the paperwork and making it easier to interconnect, that's as important as reducing the cost of the batteries, which is amazing. But so once we're able to address the hardware cost and the software cost, that'll really help. Now, what kind of support do you need from the solar industry? Yes, there's two things that the solar industry has been doing, but we really do need more of it. Now, obviously, one is the most important thing is to really start thinking about how can you introduce the Solar Rights Alliance to your customers. The analogy I'm going to use here, and I hope your listeners won't take me literally here, because I'm going to be talking about the National Rifle Association, the NRA. You're going to have some listeners that are NRA members and very proud of it. You're going to have some listeners that maybe not so much. But the one thing that everyone can agree on is that the NRA is a very, very powerful organization and a very powerful grassroots organization. Well, one way that they became big and powerful is that the gun industry has had a very, very, has been very invested in making sure that gun owners become members of the NRA. And so when you go and you buy a gun, you, at multiple points during that process, you are introduced to the NRA and highly encouraged to join it. And as a result, many gun owners do join the NRA. That's the first time that they hear about it. We need to make that like solar as well. When you go solar, you should become a member of the Solar Rights Alliance. But to do that, we need the industry to really think about how do you build that into your process. So some companies have started doing that by emailing their customers about the Solar Rights Alliance, and that's really great. Other companies are going a step further, and they are hardwiring the process of getting introduced to Solar Rights Alliance into the installation process by putting a checkbox on the contract, by including it in the walkthrough or the punch list process, or for others, including it in the operations and maintenance visits that happen once a year. But we need every company to really think about how they can do that so that we can have as many of these solar consumers as possible know about the Solar Rights Alliance and have an easy, easy, easy way of getting involved. That's the biggest thing that solar, the solar industry can do, and we're just getting started with that. And we really do need to take this aspect more seriously if we're serious about making this a big deal. Actually, we, we've helped at Cinnamon Energy with the email, but um, you know, when I get back to the office, we're going to make sure that our agreements and our paperwork with the customers make it easy for people to join the alliance. But in the meantime, just let's repeat it one more time. How can people get in touch with the Solar Alliance? They can get in touch with us very easily by visiting our website at www.solarrights.org. And there is a very easy way that you can join, that you can get on our list. If you're hearing this and you are feeling compelled to make a donation, we can accept donations on our website. There's also lots of information on our blog um, about ranging from how to even just go solar to begin with to various issues that might come up in terms of maintaining your panels. You can sign our petition to um, support the Solar Bill of Rights on our website. We're also on Facebook. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. And all of the ways with which you can find us out in the interwebs is also on our website, which is, again, www.solarrights.org. All right. That's terrific. And unfortunately, that's all the time we have on this week's Energy Show. Thanks, Dave, for joining us. And thanks to all of our listeners for tuning in. If you missed any of today's show, you can always go to our website at cinnamon.energy.